0: Yeah, bro. What's up, bro? Did you miss PE, bro? Sir PE. <laughs> <What's laughs> Did that, you bro? just make a little
1: ha-ha sound? No, I didn't. I, I, I would thought never. I heard. I would never. <laughs> I thought I heard. <laughs> it might have squeaked out <laughs> unintentionally.
0: You might have to. <laughs> you, might have to <laughs> you might have to sweeten that in the audio editing and okay, make I will. sure. I will. Just give me one big. No one's ever heard you say "yeah, guy." Let's hear it. Um, it's off brand, dude. Oh my it's god, you're you so. I don't soft. want to step step you're on your soft. trademark. <laughs> that is not my trademark. That's the <laughs> trademark of the show. Um, nice hat. Thank you. Yeah, that thing's hip. Yeah, I've not seen it before. Yeah, we have them for sale. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you
1: have a store on your website? Not or you really. Just sell them at the board. We're gonna
0: sell them at the boardroom okay. show. Actually, when you buy tickets, you can buy them, nice. a hat or a t-shirt. Or you can just get them there.
1: All right, I'll take a photo of him, put it on Instagram for everybody to see. It's a white hat with a boardroom logo in the middle of it. Yeah, where's your phone? So I'll take a picture. I've got it. You're going to take a picture of yourself? No, I'll just
0: go. Or you can phone? take a picture.
1: Yeah, exactly. I could do it. Um, live from the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, Scott.
0: Yes, we are good live. good buddy, Shaq. Yes. There, bang. Shaq. I got the photo. Um, Tuesday, March 5th, 2019, it's... A little bit after 8 o'clock in the morning, and we're sitting in here. The sun's gleaming through the windshield, and David's sipping his coffee. Sadly, didn't bring me any. That's probably all the better.
1: I thought you were fully moved over to tea.
0: I drink one cup of coffee in the morning.
1: You know, I sent the photo. A listener sent us tea. I totally forgot to bring it today. I'll mail it to you.
0: I know he's been he's been asking me about it and I've been like I don't know you know a lot of stuff gets sent today but I I don't necessarily (laughs) see any of it I actually (laughs) I totally
1: put aside your portion it's from portion, yeah 50 (laughs) percent that's your portion what do you think a just
0: seems like two cups worth or so i don't know what
1: the 50 percent will amount to that's for you to figure out <laughs> oh my god um, David's
0: it's getting defensive my god
1: just <laughs> saying i had the best of intentions all right i know Have I know faith. you did. um by the way in <clears throat> addition to Shaq, we owe yeah. uh, thanks to neatessentials.com and spyoptic.com
0: absolutely
1: you can use promo code podcast on spy and that supports the show directly need it's a little more organic they're like no promo code needed if there is uh i know you can leave a comment when you check out drop our name in there just to let them know but
0: yeah and and need essentials will be at the boardroom show and they'll be offering great deals on wetsuits for the upcoming uh summer season and fall season so perfect you know boardies
1: wetsuits
0: yeah outerwear I, I, and the bat the uh, wet dry bag is insane
1: did you uh
0: took it to snowboarding i took it to that's what i was
1: going to ask you how was snowboarding
0: um i think i've we've had shows since then but it was oh, good okay good yeah I, that's <laughs> where i rank in your uh level of interest like, what's re- your
1: name again i remember i remember you told me that uh your boy was wearing your your goggles but i don't remember you telling me how the trip went
0: no, the snow was insane. It was
1: really good. It's I skied our local mountains for the first time saw that in a decade. Dude.
0: With your father, right?
1: Yeah, so my parents have a place up there, and I've been going since I was a kid. But I stopped skiing those mountains a decade ago just because conditions are usually bad. Half the mountain is always closed because the conditions are bad. Um, it's overcrowded with a bunch of orange County and LA people who don't (laughs) know how to ski and snowboard. They just get
0: get in the way. It's just
1: not worth it. You know, you, you end up,
0: are you a really good skier or something?
1: I've been skiing since I was a kid. So I'm definitely, I can hold my own, you know? Right. So, um, I'll opt to not go if that's the only option. But this year we've just got epic conditions Yeah. and I went midweek. I kind of, um, I wasn't going to get a chance to go anywhere else. So it was like, all right, let's do this midweek. Had the best day ever. Conditions were really epic. It looked empty.
0: It didn't look empty, dude. Where is this mountain? Snow summit. Oh, okay. Big bear. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's two hours from where we're sitting basically, which I don't know for those who don't live in Southern California, they're not aware of how convenient everything is for us. This is why we're so soft. It's like, we kind of have waves 300 days a year. It's, always pretty warm the mountains are two hours away the desert's two hours away you want to go to baja two hours you want to go up to wine country santa barbara two hours it's just and too three freaking. three international convenient.
0: airports within yeah. an hour and a half of each other yeah or less you yeah know?
1: fly to costa rica five hours like hawaii five hours east coast five hours it's all just so convenient that's
0: kind of why some of the pros kind of set up shop here yeah you know like the australian pros like i know uh julian wilson i think owns a home in cardiff i didn't know that i don't know if he owns but i think he has set up he set up a shop there and some of the hawaiians do that too i think albie Lair, i think ian walsh i think some of the a lot of guys kind of set up shop around here because it's just a good lax is such a great place to to leave from
1: and furthermore when you talk about economic opportunity obviously it's hard to beat um every type of food in the world that you could want there's world-class versions of it within not only driving distance but like literally within 20 minutes you know you don't have all that elsewhere
2: yeah you
1: no know, you're kind I'm of a soft, foodie aren't you i like food yeah and tea that's you're, why I'm you're a
0: foodie it. <laughs> you're a wine guy yeah. and a, well right. i've got something that may interest you but let me um
1: let me guess a dinner with wayne lynch (laughs) yes (laughs) that was a seamless segue yeah kind of a foodie here let me talk about this thing (laughs) seamless dude. you're getting good at this after a decade on air 14 years on air
0: (laughs) oh my um by uh, the way the xanadu podcast with the boardroom show has been it's been getting a lot of positive feedback i don't know did you listen to the whole thing
1: no i didn't
0: it's the longest one we've ever done. It's like two hours long, and um, Xanadu is not uh, one to hold back, man. He's got right. opinions,
1: and people responded positively.
0: They just enjoyed. Yeah. They just enjoyed the. What's the word I want to use? Like the sort of like candor. Thank you. Yeah, candor. Exactly. He was just flowing. Um,
1: what I have found when I kind of look over time how people respond to things. Number one, nobody's bummed out about length. Like, if you give them a three-hour episode, everybody's fine with that. So I, in my mind, I default to, like, let's keep it tight. But realistically, people just want more content. And then secondly, controversy is good. And it doesn't matter what side of the controversy you're on. If people hate you, that's fine, too. They, they're still engaged. People will hate listen to Tom Lycus and Howard Stern and Adam Carolla and all those guys for years, you know? Yeah. so it's okay as long as you can kind of have a thick skin about it but i think the fact that it, xanadu is controversial or says what's on his mind yeah it's good for engagement
0: yeah it's pretty good
1: i got an email about it oh um, you did? yeah but i'll give it to you in a second if you had something you wanted to do. Oh, to
0: i was just gonna launch into this muzzle well okay yeah it. let's
1: catch up on a few things then before we go into the show um
0: what about the Yagai yeah thing that you took and posted on Instagram? That was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Huh? Well, you sent it some. To me. Some listener sent that to me. I forget it who. It was so good. It was it great. Was a
1: newscaster starting off every time they cut to him, no matter what the subject is, he'll start off with "Yeah, guys." So, anyways, blah 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 blah, and they put a year worth of the "Yeah, spliced. guys" into a
0: sixty second. Yeah, yeah, guy, yeah guys. So yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. We're uh, yeah, yeah. So funny. Yeah. Well,
1: anyways, the the email. I won't read it, um, quote it, but basically it was about like, Hey, you guys, the surf industry in general tend to glamorize shaping and it makes it look like this thing that, you know, if you're working some desk job, you, you fantasize about throwing your life away and pursuing this like artisanal craftsman thing. And he was saying like the vast majority of guys are making a living off of shaping are barely squeaking by and by the way a lot of those guys are just production shapers working for 25 bucks a board um you have to do tremendous amount of numbers to make ends meet and even when you make ends meet you can't afford to buy a home in southern california you can't afford insurance for your family you can't afford a 401k basic stuff that like starbucks employees get part-time employees get at starbucks and it's really not that glamorous at all um what are your thoughts on that
0: Well, he's absolutely correct, but I don't know if we make it seem glamorous, but um, maybe he interprets it that way. Yeah. But you and I are both in the trenches of the surfboard manufacturing industry, besides what we do here. Yeah. And we both know that it's it's a hard grind and it's a gnarly, it's a passion play. You do it because you're, it's not, it's not a, there's not an economic windfall. It's a passion move. And it's because you do what you love. And if you love surfing, you love crafting these boards. And there's some that are, there's many that are very good. And there's some that try it and move on after 20 years or whatever. And Right. You know, it's, there's a lot to unpack there that I don't know if I'm willing to go there right now. But
1: um, I thought the email was salient in that. Yeah, I agree with you. We're not the ones to blame because we don't glamorize it incorrectly. I think we shine a light on these craftsmen to actually give them their due. If mm-hmm. they're not getting it financially, let's give it to them because they right. just deserve some attention. So, But I think that the point was salient in that I don't know that all the listeners... It made me realize, oh, I don't know if all the listeners know what a grind it is. Unless you're buying boards from your local shaper and interacting with him and seeing that he's barely getting by, then you don't really know. If you're just going and buying them off the rack and you just see this label all across, you know, internationally distributed, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are killing it, maybe. Um, But I do, I I corrected him in that I was like, no, 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 my point is only to kind of give the limelight to these individual craftsmen who, um, it breeds an interesting cat to have zero financial guarantee and really no financial reward in the end no matter what but still pursue this craft despite that breeds an interesting cat you know it's yeah. actually an interesting more interesting cat than pro surfers
0: oh for sure
1: you know shapers they're just there's an element of artistry shapers
0: shaped the culture yeah you know i mean you and i know this but i mean if you look at surf culture like, it, where did surf culture start? You know, like, when you think about culture, it starts with tools, right? Like, when you do an archaeological dig, you're like, oh, look, there's a bowl they must have used to grind corn with or whatever, right? Well, so if it starts with tools, the tools are making something. In the surfboard world, obviously, they're making surfboards. Yeah. That's our tool. Yep. And so from there, culture is, is germinated and it yeah. starts, right? And that's why the surfboard craftsmen and the surfboard builders and not just the shapers, by the way,
1: that's another the guys
0: that don't get the credit that we at the boardroom are going to start doing our best to give more credit to are the laminators, the sanders, the polishers. I've come to realize because I'm kind of green, I'm not one of these guys that knows. I mean, I know a lot about surfboards, but I'm learning, which is a good thing.
1: How crazy is that? That that's a true statement. Because well, anybody would look at you and go, you are the expert. You're running
0: the well, boardroom I mean, show. I mean, I know a lot about surfboards, but I've never built a surfboard from start to finish. Right. You know, like, yeah. I'm i am just trying to help these, like, I'm just trying to re- re- to make sure the rest of the world, like people that are listening to this show and to the boardroom podcast and to any, anything about yeah. surfing, that the importance of our culture lies with make the making of surfboards. And... Anything else, all the all the frilly other stuff, you know, like beach sandals or socks or underwear is bullshit. It's just not real. It's some marketing bullshit. Now, I'm not saying that I don't wear underwear or socks, and I like comfortable socks and underwear, but it's not surfing. It's clothing. So with surfing, we have the, the necessary equipment to surf with, boards, wetsuits, board shorts, and the sort of the ancillary gear around it like leashes and wax and stuff that stuff is necessary and so that's the stuff that needs to be kind of elevated and propped up and looked at and and at least um you know on the same level as all the other bs that's floating around out there yeah now the xanadu back to the xanadu podcast he so he did some stuff where i was like raising my eyebrows you know um one of the things he did was he called bullshit on the skill planer Which was interesting because, and he basically called bullshit on all the people that are like bowing down to the skill planer. Okay. Which I was, I was, that, that, I didn't see that coming. Right. And he, um, he calls bullshit on. But
1: what does that even mean? Explain what his point was. You got to listen to the podcast. Okay.
0: You should listen to it. Because I don't want to butcher it.
1: Okay. Was his point valid? Well, the thing, the other thing about. Was his his, point valid? Yes.
0: And the other thing about Xanadu that's fascinating is that he sort of, um, he sort of contradicts himself like he'll he'll start off saying without the skill planer he wouldn't be where he is and what he's learned after 40 years is that the skill planer is a piece of shit relative to other planers that are out there and then he explains why and he'll prop up one particular shaper and then 20 minutes later just go yeah but he's not as good as me and here's why and he does a, he's very opinionated about his abilities and, and he's a, by the way you talk to anybody that's got a board from him and 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 even guys that don't get boards from him, guys, I was ta- I spoke on the phone with guys that don't necessarily even like Xanadu, but were reverent to his abilities. Mm. You know, reverential, mm-hmm. just like wow, this guy does got his shit together. You know, like he's he's at the top of his game. He's right there with the top five ever.
1: Peep, that's that's amazing. People are you complex. know like high performance shortboard. People guys. are complex human beings. You can not agree with a lot of things he says, and he can still be a phenomenal shaper, you know?
0: And a great interview.
1: Right, right. So what do you think that's about? Um, What do you think his...
0: Well, part of it is that he's Brazilian, so he doesn't get the play that he probably deserves. Well, no, what I
1: I mean is, what do you think it's about where he's able to poo-poo a shaper... And then later say that he's actually a really good shaper or vice versa. Say that he loves the guy and then later say, no, no, I'm better than that guy. And that guy's not that good. Is it a matter of ego and pride that's kind of blocking his reality? Or is he actually, um, can he hold both things to be true? You know?
0: I don't know because I mean, at at some point it's like, how do you really judge who's a good shaper or not? You know, which is interesting, right? I've always said that about the boardroom shape-offs. It's not really about who's better. It's about what we're doing is we're elevating the craft of board building here. And then we're doing it and we're using competition as a framework and a format to excavate and elevate how great these guys are and how important they are to our culture. So who wins? Like, I'll often get guys go oh i don't want to do that i might lose or whatever you know like it'll make me look bad and i'm like dude you don't get it it's this isn't about you this mm-hmm. is about us like this is about the industry we're we're trying you know what i mean so like,
1: usually the shapers are aware once you're there in the environment they all recognize it's just celebratory exactly sure we'll pick a winner at some point but it really doesn't matter like we're yeah. all just the everybody eye-winners. supports everyone
0: yeah. that's there shaping is a winner because we're drawing attention to what it is that we do we craft and build surfboards yeah so one of the things that i learned which we were going to get to, but I interrupted or we got segwayed or mm-hmm. we went off the track was, and this is something that's, this is a, a craft that's, um, that's more or less, it's kind of gone. It's, it's a little bit there, but it's polishing. Oh, a yeah. polisher. Yeah. Yeah. I found out through a, a few different guys, I think between interviewing Stu Kenson and Clyde Beatty and talking to some other people, Back in the day, a polisher was like the most important, one of the most important thing. You know, like mixing the polish coat correctly, laying it out there, and then if you got to buff this thing out to the right level. And there was a difference between a great polisher and just an average polish job, and all of the board builders could tell. Yep. You and I walking into a surf shop in 1972 might not have been able to tell, but all the great, and that's a craft that's sort of gone because a lot, a lot of boards are sanded finish. You know, yeah. there's not now there are some high end kind of alternative craft fishes and longboards which are gloss but so polishing is something that is another example of a thing that like it'd be good to sort of elevate and find out who the really great polishers were and are and give them some kudos
1: so that That entire thing is so true in that there's five or six people involved with touching the surfboard. I mean, some people do it from beginning to end themselves, but in a factory, there's five or six people involved from thin setting to the things that you mentioned that don't even get acknowledgement at all. Their name is nowhere on the board. At the end, the shaper's name is on the board and that's it. But what if it's a phenomenal lamb job or a phenomenal polish and the end user never knows who's responsible for that, you know? Like, I mean, I've, I've had listeners reach out and say that they collect boards that are laminated by Superwolf. So it's like, yeah. I have a quiver of boards that are Superwolf's boards. One was shaped by
0: McCallum, Birch, one was but,
1: McCallum, one was so-and-so, yeah. but they're all lammed by Superwolf because that's the guy that I like. And yeah. I, I thought that was fascinating. That is. And we have Jack Reeves in Hawaii. There's a couple of guys that you could name around the world who have done a good job. I'm not even sure... It's not there a are super so wolf. many
0: good guys, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Like, and, and the thing is, is that the shapers fully get it and fully oh, respect completely. the lamb guys. Like,
1: That's why they... So
0: I've been trying... I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is... I get excited about this. And and so one of the things that I was trying to do for this year's boardroom show is... you remember that shapers tree that they did at Surfing Magazine where they... They tried to track down all the mentors of all the shapers. So if you were a shaper, you would go. You would be asked, "Who did you learn from?" And you would go, "Oh, I learned from Stu Kenson. And who did Stu Kenson learn from? Stu learned from uh, Rusty. And who did Rusty learn from? Rusty learned from Carl Eckstrom. You know, and I, I'm, these aren't for sure. I'm just explaining. The Shaper's Tree was like this organic thing, and, and you could go to the boardroom show and put it, fill in your name and draw a line to who you're oh, attached to, idea. like a tree. Yeah. It was the Shaper's Tree, and so I want to do that with laminators. So I started asking around, and um, it's it's a big project, but it's one that we're going to tackle, and we're going to have to start it regionally, and I'll just do, like, like, I'll go to Moonlight Glassing, and I already asked Gary Stuber at Moonlight. I'm like, who did you learn from? And he learned from this guy who used to glass at Hanson's. And his name uh, skips me right now, but he—I've got a T-shirt of his that Gary gave me. His name's—I think Jeff something. But anyway, the point is, is that and and like if you go down and talk to Skip or Hank Warner, they'll give you a list of insane glassers, you know, right. that worked at Diamond or that worked, you know, wherever, you know, back in the day. The guys that worked at GNS that taught those guys, you know, probably goes back to um, you know the old Select Surf Shop. That crew of guys had glassers. G and S had you know, so every region if you go to Santa Cruz, that how shop has had a, a you know, a slew of insane laminators. And yeah. it still has Doug and Fletch, yeah. yeah a couple of well, other great guys.
1: What's crazy is if you talk to Fletch or if you talk to Gary, who's under them? Like right now, it's not like there's a new crop of kids coming up who's eager to become a laminator. The new crop of kids Well, now Noah Mike, okay.
0: Justin Turnus, Alex who you mentioned, Super Wolf, right? Yeah. But um,
1: Alex is a super young kid. I'm talking no, like but when young kids come up, they want to get into shaping,
0: right? No, you're that's right. what they see on Instagram. No, you're 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 right. There's I don't, but I mean, kids is relative. Like no, there's I not I know Ninoa, I don't know how old he is, but to me, he'll you know, hello. I mean, because I'm 53, and I know he's probably 35 or something. He just seems like he's a kid. My point
1: is, there's not enough youth backfilling the industry for that right. stuff to really right. get passed down. I think we're gonna hit a real bottleneck where there aren't high quality artisan laminators and polishers
0: now, like- there will always be a, somebody will always fill the void they might not be super excellent or whatever but to your point, which I think is mm-hmm. a great point which is where you were going a minute ago and I wanted to f- follow up, wouldn't it be cool as if on every board, instead of just the shaper's name, there was the laminator's name and the sander's name and if they got a polish job the polish, mm-hmm. polisher's name and maybe even the fin guy if if the glass houses could find it, you know, I think they'd be wise to do something like that. I don't so know if it's.
1: the first step, that's a ton of names, you know? Right, right. So, the first step is. You just make a the little The glass lamb house you... putting a laminate. Right. And you... like, some do. Exactly. You know? And yeah, I like do. that. Because yeah. you see the Waterman's little seal. Yeah. And you're like, that's a that's Yeah, but you don't know who the glass, like,
0: it would be cool if course, they were like, hey, clutch glass this. But or that's even
1: the first step, is just putting a lamb on it for the glass house.
0: Well, most glass houses do that.
1: I wouldn't say most go look at any boards on the rack anywhere and I would say I looked at three I was
0: actually board shopping the other day I I swear to God you're out of control no no I was you need help I went surfing and I'm so out of shape and so bad I'm like I need a better board (laughs) (laughs) you can't go into your quiver and pluck one out that works I had had,
1: you sound like your wife right now dude
0: I had a certain board in mind and um, anyway the point is is that I started looking for boards I went to a surf shop my local surf shop, Encinitas Surfboards, and I just started pulling boards off. And one of the boards had a diamond glassing lamb on it, which is, and diamonds no longer, they're out of business. So I'm like, wow, this might be one of the last diamonds ever done. Yeah. And then another one had global glassing on it, which is Jeff's shop up in Oceanside. So the two, the three or four boards I looked at, all I noticed that they had glass, glass houses.
1: Good. Lamins. Good. Um, if you're proud of your work, you should mark it. you know? Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you what you're riding, because didn't you get that mid-length from uh, Seiko?
0: I haven't got that yet. Oh, okay. I've got that mid-length twin fin, like the Torn Martin-inspired twin fin. I think it's seven feet or something. I yeah. don't even know. It should be a twin fin with channels off the bottom.
1: Yep. I ordered one from Simon Jones that shapes horns. Oh, killer. Yeah.
0: Oh, you got the real deal. I know.
1: They jumped well, me in front of the wait list, I think.
0: That's sweet. Uh, and where does that get glassed?
1: somewhere in australia i'm picking, oh I'm going oh, you're tomorrow going. oh yeah and you're i'm leaving. picking it up in like two days
0: oh that's sweet i
1: sweet. told him i'm like dude i want a one board quiver for the trip make a fish and simon was like
0: where are you going
1: because um Bondi? like no byron huh. yamba kind of byron will
0: be if you go to the gold coast you want a short board right? well
1: i'm going to the gold coast too but i'm going to borrow short boards yeah. there
0: you don't want to fish
1: right right right
0: it's so plenty of speed <laughs>
1: Right, so I told him, I'm like, make a fish, you know, just because that's what I'm comfortable with, and I just thought Torrin's thing is sick. Yeah, but I feel like I want like a head high wave for that board. And you mean
0: the longer one? Yeah, yeah, Torrin's mid length. What chumbot? about the one that it started at all though? You should have maybe when you're there, think about getting, you know, the one that started at all, the little short one that he loved. It's like five six that no. Simon made him. No, it's in that little clip, that little edit clip about his quiver that I think Rob from Need Essentials sent us.
1: Okay. It was called Quivers. I it's think. basically
0: Torin pulling down his boards. Right, and that. as I recall, there was one that he goes, This is the one, and it's all beat up. It's like, I don't even think he surfs it anymore, but he's like, This is the one that started it all. Oh, and then I tried okay. to have it replicated, and we did okay. You know, but I think the original one, it'd be cool to kind of have.
1: Okay, well, once I got that email exchange going, Torren chimed in and he's like, Dude, get a 610. Twin fin, channel bottom, like the one that he's riding at J Bay. Right. He's like, I ride that thing in one foot surf and obviously had high J Bay. Yeah. He's like, and it's changed my whole perspective. He's like, I love that board, you gotta get it. So I'm like, all right, fine, forget about the fish. That board works fine for me. And it fills a hole in my quiver. Like yeah. I have nothing like that. Whereas yeah. I have a bunch of fish. Yeah. So I, I feel comfortable with the yeah, selection. No, for
0: sure. No, you can't go wrong with any new board. You know? Yeah, you can. Well, You can always just get a new one if you do have a problem. You can always just get a new one. (laughs) So I have two new, I have three new boards coming. Every time I see you, every (laughs) single two weeks, you have three new boards. And I almost bought one off the rack, (laughs) which is not good. So what are your three? So I've got a new longboard coming from Stu Kenson. And it's like a single fin, but it's more of a high performance. I don't even like to use that word high performance. It's not high performance. It's just a good longboard. And it doesn't have 50 50 rails in the tail it has a down performance rail in the tail so i can turn the thing because i like to turn i'm not like hipster nose poser guy and oh by the way i'm of the opinion that because i've ridden lots of longboards some of these performance longboards are really good lo- nose riders and it's just a matter of if the shaper knows what he's doing and believe me Stu kenson knows what he's doing and and all my longboards you know, like Wayne Rich has made me so many great nose riding longboards. They're all, you know, if you know what you're doing, yeah, you can make a performance based. And when I say performance, I just mean a board that's going to accelerate out of a bottom turn and not okay. bog down because it's some tail dragger. Okay. You know, like I, I'm just sick of like not doing a good bottom turn and just being at a dead stop and trying to set up a nose ride. Like to right, me, right. there's a lot more to surfing than that. I want to draw a line and dance. You know what I mean, am wow, angry. Never,
1: yeah, geez. Scott yeah. Bass can only express himself through the act
0: of dance. Ah, uh, you know. Who knew? And a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so. Oh, and then I got another little Stu Kenson. Kind of like, like a little six-foot um, tri-fin. Just like a standard, easy-to-ride tri-fin it's oh. kind of wider bodied okay but not not you know just like a wider bodied tri-fin
1: um pointy nose
0: yeah pointy not a round nose but not like you know like something Kolohe and dino would ride more like just relaxed fit jeans <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean dad bod board and then the board from ryan sacle at Arise. so that's do i have anything else coming hope not um i
1: have longboarding discussion but what did you want to go to okay
0: let me go to this and then we'll get into the yeah.
1: devin howard thing because
0: i got that too is that what you got mm-hmm. yeah so we're two months away david from the boardroom international surfboard show presented by u.s blanks in Del Mar, california and we're 10 weeks away from the japan boardroom show in tokyo And David, as you know, in Del Mar, we're honoring Australian legend, surfer, shaper Wayne Lynch in our Icons of Foam Shaping Competition. This is our 19th Icons of Foam and our 12th year. A little bit about Wayne Lynch, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Wayne Lynch is widely regarded as the first vertical surfer. And in 1966-67, as a young teenager... He was at ground zero of the germinating point of the shortboard revolution. Lynch began surfing at age 10. He entered and won a statewide open-age surfing contest, but event organizers, flustered by the smooth-cheeked phenomenon, hastily gave him the best wave of the day award rather than the first place trophy, and they banned him from competing the following year, saying he was too young. In 1965, Wayne Lynch won the first of six consecutive Junior Division Victoria State titles. Wayne Lynch's star-making moment came in 1969 with the release of Evolution, Paul Witzig's rough-hewn cult classic surf movie. Two years earlier, surfers on 10-foot ten-f- ten-foot longboards were focused mainly on walking the board and hanging 10. Lynch, the 16-year-old master of the just-introduced shortboard, Featured in the opening sequence of Evolution, riding a 7 foot 1 inch stubby, changed the direction of performance surfing almost single handedly. And although Nat Young and Ted Spencer were in the movie Evolution, the film is mostly remembered as a Wayne Lynch showcase. Lynch won the juniors' division of the prestigious Australian national titles four straight times 67 through 70. And in 1978, a short film, A Day in the Life of Wayne Lynch, surf filmmaker Jack McCoy shows the one-time child surfing star dividing his time between his quiet woodsy house in Victoria, surfing alone, and brilliantly, I might add, in the deep water reefs nearby. Lynch was regarded by many as the ultimate soul surfer. In talent and temperament, three-time world champion Tom Kern of California was often likened to Lynch. And David, did you know... That Wayne Lynch was doing barrel rolls in 1968. Told, Com- completed barrel rolls.
1: You told me that one time, I'll believe it when I see it. Let me it see. It won't the be seen.
0: He was doing it by himself on his own. Send him to Surf Ranch and let's see it. Recreate it. <laughs> We've got a stellar lineup, David, of Shapers honoring Wayne Lynch.
1: By the way, do you owe anybody a credit for that? Was that Matt Warshaw's words? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was Warshaw. I could identify his writing.
0: Uh, Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Encyclopedia
1: of serving. EOS.surf.
0: We we love Matt. Contribute
1: three bucks a month.
0: I may have slightly edited it, but 99.9% of it was Matt. It was identifiable. And probably Justin Hausman, too. (laughs) We might as well give Justin a... He's the guy that did all the dirty work behind the scenes, but... uh, A stellar lineup, as I was mentioning, of shapers honoring Wayne Lynch. From Bells Beach, Australia, Shima Buttonshaw, who uh, I had the pleasure, he came and spent the night at our house with one of his buddies. They were here a couple weeks ago. We watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody together. How was it? It was such a good movie. Did you? You didn't see it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. From Crescent Head, Australian surfer, or shaper, and surfer, Daniel Thompson... From Virginia Beach, Jordan Brazy, or Brazy? I can never get his name pronounced right. From New Jersey, John Opito. From Goleta, Steve Braum. From Huntington Beach, by way of the North Shore, Sam Hawk. From Encinitas, California, Ryan Birch. And the defending champion, last year's winner from Santa Cruz, Travis Rental Reynolds so these eight shapers epic lineup they're going to compete in a round robin format man on man heats with Wayne Lynch judging after each heat determining a winner in that shaper of course we'll move on to the next round
1: um what's the date May (laughs) May 4th and 5th 5th. okay
0: so for people who want (laughs) to
1: who don't live in Southern California but want to get here plan out your travel
0: now the dinner Yes sir. Is <laughs> being off to allow me to do this PR move. This exclusive 1 in a lifetime opportunity to dine with Wayne. VIP dinner with Wayne Lynch at Ranch 45. There's only 7 tickets available. There's going to be 8 people at this dinner Holy including cow. including Wayne. So You're not even going to be there. No. Wow. Enjoy a unique intimate evening with Wayne Lynch. Our friends at Ranch 45, David. By the way, if you're a foodie, dude, i got to take you to Ranch 45. Right. I swear to God, it's insane. Really? It's mind-blowing. Okay. She's the old chef at Pample Moose, which I don't know if you know about Pample Moose, but it's like...
1: Oh, yeah. Right across from, from the fairgrounds. The, yeah, have you, yeah, yeah. No. have you been there? No. I've seen it, but oh, I have you got to go there, too. Okay. That place is insane.
0: Both yeah. these places are insane. And by the way, Ranch 45 is right next door to Pample Moose. Got it.
1: Yeah. free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Um, Ranch 45, Pam and her all-star chefs are preparing a special three-course dinner for eight people, and that includes Wayne Lynch. Your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to spend quality time with Wayne Lynch over an amazing meal includes appetizers, prawns with cocktail sauce and lemon, steak tartare with shallots, caper, Dijon mustard, crostini, chef's blend. I'm imagining that must be a cheese blend. Crispy artichoke hearts with white bean and roasted garlic hummus. Are you there yet, David? Are you feeling I'm in. You're a foodie. Bloomsdale spinach is the salad with strawberries, purple haze goat cheese, toasted hazelnut, and aged balsamic. The fish course pan-seared local catch with wild mushroom risotto, English peas, preserved lemon. The meat course, a petite filet, roasted asparagus, confit, confit, Confi. confit, y- yukon gold potatoes, and bordelais. The vegan main course, roasted asparagus, spring onions, farro, and salsa verde. For dessert, a stone fruit tart with whipped coconut cream and almonds. Beautiful. Of course, beer and wine. In addition, a goodie bag, including two weekend passes to the boardroom show, a boardroom hat, plus some other cool stuff. And including each VIP diner will take home one of the hand-shaped blanks from round one of the Icons of Foam shaping competition honoring Wayne Lynch. So you get all of that in this VIP dinner Friday night, May 3rd, the The night before the boardroom show.
1: Man, throwing in the board, you should lead with the board. you get a hand-shaped blank with the dinner that's a pretty good gift okay i'll move it around that's an epic gift and then it's just the shape blank and then the receiver has to glass it obviously yeah they got to take the the board
0: from the show and go get a glass
1: yeah which is no big deal yeah that's a epic lineup do you have a price set how do people buy tickets i'm sure there's more than seven people right now who are in
0: well, it's $500. Okay. It's $500, and you can go uh, to the boardroom show right now and click buy tickets, and the ticket page will pop up, and you can purchase. It's available. It's available right wow. now. Wow. Yeah.
1: You're like the World Surf League with their VIP passes now. Their VIP I experience. Dude, I was so
0: confused by that. But let me Hold yeah, on. Yeah, let me yeah. get to that because I want to talk about it. So, in addition, if there's other things happening at the boardroom show this year, right? So, we've got an, a Friday evening party for everyone else that doesn't, if you're not one of the lucky seven. We're having a boardroom surfboard show party Friday night from 6:30 to 9:30 at the Delmar Plaza above 15th Street, overlooking the ocean. And it includes slideshows with Steve Sherman, Don Balch, and the Follow the Light Foundation, which is the um, Flame Foundation. You know the legendary surf photo editor from Surfing Magazine. Live music with Tower Seven and video edits from Spoons. A Santa Barbara story yep and the Dana Brown's new movie a life of endless summer it's the story of Bruce Brown awesome so all of that plus there will be some uh, finger food and beer there so that's the boardroom surfboard show party for everybody Friday evening 630 to 930 of course we've got the icons of foam tribute to the master shaping competition I just mentioned that Live glassing Douglas Surf products, laminating demonstrations featuring Mike Delaney and friends from Pure Glass. Of course, the California Gold Surf auction, 75 incredible auction lots going under the gavel. And all of that will be available for preview and inspection at the boardroom show. And something I'm super stoked on, Best in Show this year, we're giving away $1,000 to the winner of Best in Show. So we're asking surfboard makers from around the world, anyone can enter this. You don't have to be an exhibitor this year. Okay. So uh, $1,000 to the winner, um, and the criteria this year is Widowmaker with Channels. That's all you need to know. Widowmaker with Channels, and those are the criteria, and uh, it's $50 $50 to enter your board, $1,000 to the winner, plus a booth at next year's boardroom show, plus a magnum of Zeobafa Zeo organic wines from Italy. Epic. We also have talks this year, the boardroom talks. And they are presented by the People Who Serve podcast, Chris Morrow's podcast. Oh, yeah. Six engaging panels. One is a Q&A with icon of foam Wayne Lynch. One of them is a called Big Wave Bravado, which includes, I believe, Ian Walsh, Gary Linden. I think Chris is trying to get Jojo Roper involved in that, too. The WSL, What's Next, which will include Dave Prodan, Devin Howard, Josh Kerr, and Pat O'Connell. Wow. A panel on the West Coast board riders. The Future is Local with Don Meek, Darren Brillhart, and some others from the West Coast Boardwriters League clubs. Shaping the Industry, a panel discussion with Dana Brown, Don Craig, and a few others. I think Dick Matz is included in that. Cool. All of this and more. um, Oh, no, there's also an inspiring mentoring discussion with sean thompson and damian hobgood so those are the talks those will be going on during the during day the show yeah each day of yeah. the show
1: or the two days of the show
0: and then of course we have live music with tower seven and a young local band here from san clemente called hold fast very cool and a surfing demo morning at 15th street you can ride the boards of the boardroom presented by sustainable surf a demo morning
1: so exhibitors bring their boards down to the beach and
0: yeah 15th street 7 a.m to 10 a.m on and Sunday then
1: randos morning. from the public can just go grab a board and surf yep. it
0: and wetsuits amazing i'm sure there'll be neat essentials wetsuits there amazing icarus has wetsuits at the show this year patagonia has wetsuits and of course great deals on custom surfboards fins wetsuits skateboards by sector nine gear and art so that's sort of the rundown of what's happening in two months at the boardroom show and you can get tickets right now you've been busy i'm still busy
1: i was gonna say the next two months are gonna be the busiest
0: (laughs) yes they are
1: um well one of the things that i'm sure they're gonna talk about in that what's next for the wsl conversation your pal devin howard was recently um named the Longboard tour director yes and it looks like they're revamping the tour yes um without looking at your notes yes who are the men and women's champion from 2018 longboard tour
0: oh from last year yeah um i don't even have that in my notes but i'm going to suggest to you that it was either
1: uh right
0: no no i've got names but i don't want to say the obvious one
1: it's they're not obvious okay
0: they're not obvious okay so the the women's, I have no idea who, but if you Sol- said her name...
1: Soleil Erica. Uh, okay, right. Yeah, I no, re- you didn't No, know. no. I mean, I remember
0: hearing her name is what I remember. I remember. Soleil. Is she regular foot or goofy?
1: I think she's regular foot. You don't know. I don't know either. Okay. No. I'll, I'll be uh, honest. I'm,
0: I'm going to say the winner I'm was... I'm asking this for a reason. I think the winner might have been a Hawaiian guy. Nope.
1: South African.
0: Oh. Oh, God. S- I- Stephen Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: So that's my point exactly is... This has been happening for years and years and years where we don't know. And I'm not convinced that we don't care. I think it's just been a kind of a poorly organized tour, a poorly publicized tour. And so I have full faith that our man, D. Howard, is going to show up and really add some structure and some direction. Really, it just needs direction. You, know, you, need, you need a fearless leader who can kind of get behind and say, this is the direction we're going. By the way, let's make it less confusing. It's not high performance longboarding, it's not traditional longboarding. Here's the well defined criteria that we can all agree to. And this is the structure of the event. Here's when you can watch the events. And by the way, there's gonna be three events. The surfers with the best two out of three results in those events qualify for the championship. Because there's been years where
0: they just had one event.
1: One of it? And then you, whoever wins that is the world champ, yeah. you know? So now it's the three events are going to be Nusa, Galicia, Spain, and then Long Beach, uh, New York, which I thought was a weird pick. Because um, Long Beach on its... If you catch Long Beach on its day of days, okay. it's, it's a shortboard
0: Here's the problem right away, right? Okay. Is that Malibu needs to be on that. Malibu is the quintessential longboard wave. Okay. Malibu needs to be on... Alright, I mean,
1: I'm me gonna text Devin real
0: quick. Well cool? No, he'll listen to this. And I spoke with Devin uh, a couple of days ago. Um, the so that's one suggestion I would make to Devin and Elo and all the other people over there. Okay. It's like Pipeline. You you can't have a right. world con a world champion not and not have Pipeline on. In fact, it could be argued that Malibu should be where the championship is held. But you yeah. Know, Malibu than, has to be on there. Taiwan. If you want to validate yeah. this tour, Malibu or another wave like Noosa First Point, which Just is like where the cl- first event is, a classic, a I, classic so longboard reason, spot.
1: Yes, obviously, I think they've all thought of that. The real reason why these decisions are made is probably due to government support, right? It's probably more than that. That's ta- probably a big well, one. Well, of course, but Taiwan's probably funding. the event the tourism board or whomever is probably funding the event for sure and so you kind of make concessions along the way yeah whereas malibu maybe that's a great wave
0: i don't really even know it's not a great wave. it's It's that left point right
1: yeah it's a soft long boardable wave but it's not a great wave yeah do you want to hear the judging criteria
0: i know i have it in front of me but it's the criteria we can read it and we can listen you go ahead list it off but it's not the judging criteria that's the problem it's the judges because the judges in my opinion Aren't following the criteria because the criteria is basically kind of a classic criteria.
1: The judges in the past have judges in the the past have
0: gotten too heavy on the performance side of things, and haven't been as as focused on what the actual criteria is because they have it printed out.
1: So. The surfer must perform controlled maneuvers in the critical section of the wave, utilizing the entire board Thank and you. wave using traditional longboard surfing. Yes. The surfer who performs this to the Wait, highest. Stop at that v- sentence.
0: Let's just dissect that sentence. That's the first sentence for a reason. It's not the third sentence, right?
1: Right, but I critical here's why, but that, section of
0: the wave, utilizing the entire board and and using traditional longboard surfing so if you're going to use traditional longboard surfing and to do that you need to perform controlled maneuvers in a critical section of the wave utilizing the entire board that suggests to me that they're moving this and this criteria was in place last year that they're saying hey ride a longboard like a longboard don't be an idiot see but even that is
1: subjective I mean, saying the critical section of the wave is objective. You have nine Utilizing feet the of entire rail. board you have is objective. F-
0: nine feet of rail. Yeah. Right. You need to use all nine feet of that the
1: part's rail. objective. Using the entire board is objective, but saying traditional longboard surfing now that's gray area. What's traditional to one person isn't traditional to the next. What's traditional to Joel Tudor is a very kind of narrow focus. What's traditional to the young guy who came from South Africa might have a different definition of traditional you know what i mean maybe i mean for a judging I could- criteria it needs to be precise these are the letter this is the letter of the law so the, fr- the next sentence though is also valuable because it incorporates style the server who performs this to the highest degree of difficulty with the most style flow and grace will receive the highest score for the ride style isn't part of a criteria in the shortboard tour so i think that's a move in the right direction but also Still subjective.
0: I like the, the word grace. There's a like lot the of guys. There's a lot of world longboard champions that have absolutely no grace. Yeah, Yeah, they might have ripped the, off the top of the wave off of the tail of their board. Yeah. But it was just disgusting.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so let's... Um, do the WSL a service. Yes. They're going through all this hard work to put yes. this together. And they're Devin's doing a good job. Doing hard work. Yes. So let's actually watch the events. Yes. And let's criticize whether or not the judges stick to this criteria. Exactly. Let's, let's watch the results, analyze the highest scoring rides, and see if they actually stuck to this. Because you're saying they didn't last year. I don't have an opinion on that because I didn't watch.
0: Look, it is hard to... Like, I understand what you're saying, that, that using traditional longboard surfing is subjective, right? But it's in many ways, it's kind of like the Supreme Court's ruling on pornography. You know, it's like, yeah, we can't define it, but we know it when we see it. And that's the way it is with longboarding, good longboarding. You might not be able to define it, but when you see good longboarding, everyone agrees, that guy's a good longboarder. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty... It's, it's almost easier than shortboarding, as far as, like, everyone getting an agreement. You know, it's like, that guy just... Did a beautiful drop-knee bottom turn, went up to the nose, like locked in, hung heels, stepped back, did a roundhouse cutback, wrapped it off the whitewash, and your new champion's gonna be Taylor Jensen. Guy <laughs> ripped. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like you- Yeah, there's
1: an effortlessness that is valued in longboarding, whereas in shortboarding, it's almost overlooked. Like right. that Joel Parkinson effortlessness he actually gets downscored for it. Right.
0: You think of guys like Machado and Dave yeah. Rostovich and Parco, and you're like, they're too good for the tour almost. All their they're nuance, too smooth.
1: All their nuance is lost on the judges. Right. Whereas in longboarding, it's like, that's where, what you actually value.
0: Nuance would be another word that they could maybe throw into the judging criteria.
1: Yeah. I've been criticized but for using that word too often on I the bet, podcast. I know,
0: yeah. <laughs> Your chop hop is nuanced today. There's a little feather... Off uh, to the right. I just and hit my left. four
1: year mark by the way.
0: Of not washing your hair? Yeah.
1: Fuck you About put 8, it on 15. a calendar? You
0: got it on the calendar? You're like this I is do. like a AA birthday? Like do you get a chip? Do you go to the hairstylist and get a token?
1: I use a green marker and I draw an X on each day of the month. Oh my god. In the morning I do a cross and then in the evening when the day is done and it still hasn't been washed, I do a, another cross. <laughs> like a cross hatch, so it's an X.
0: Oh my god, that's something else. It's that a, is way too much information.
1: It's a ritual, dude. Right. You don't make it four years by accident. You know
0: what? My hat is off to you. Look at, look at, I mean, I'm having a bad hair day. And I would never
1: even wear a hat. Cool. Right. Um, well, another introduction from the WSL is the airborne tour as well.
0: Right. What I'm seeing here is they've basically gone, okay, it's 2019. Here's ELO's things. What we're going to do is we're going to do basically a four-pronged approach. We've got the, or maybe even it's five, right? We've got the CT, we've got the big wave, we've got the longboard, we've got the air, and we got the women's. I want to see equal amount of energy and emphasis on all five of them. We either do these right or we don't do them at all. And that's what I sense based on these press releases that have been coming out in the last couple of weeks. Yep. I think this was all in place long before ELO. Maybe.
1: ELO's responsibility is to publicize it, like get it all on video and then get it all through the proper distribution channels, which are myriad, by the way, at this point. Um, and they've been doing a good job with that. I've noticed way more content and archival content. Like, hey, let's do a profile on Rochelle Ballard. And they just, there's just like so much video content going out through all their channels now. But I agree with you. That five prongs, I think, is going to be ten prongs by the end of 2019. Yeah, I think that they're really looking at a lot of the things that we've discussed, which is like... A lot of things that you've championed, really. It can't just be right the best surfer in the world wearing a jersey surfing is so much vaster than that right so whatever those things are let's figure out a way to um kind of put our stamp on them and be the expert in the space on airs the expert in the space on big waves the expert in the space on free surfing then let's do a documentary on a free surfer like that's really the direction that they're going which by the way is super wise yeah because there's a i mean 50% of the surfing world. My
0: question is, where do they stop? Never world domination. Okay, good. Um, And I would agree with that, and I'll tell you why. Because they have such a great foundation of a core base of people like you and I that are like, I'm all in on the CT. Like I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do
1: it. 50% of surfers around the world probably don't even care about that. Right, but my point
0: is, is it'd be one thing if like some new tour started up and they're like. We're going to have a shortboard division and we're going to have a longboard division and we're going to have a foil division and a subdivision and a kayak division. We'd all poo-poo the crap out of it. But the WSL could actually get away with some of those like lesser known things because they have a foundation built upon, you know, this 45 years of.
1: So that's a good question. Where do they stop? Do they stop at SUP? You?
0: Well, would, would you not watch the CT if there was an SUP tour?
1: Correct. I would not watch the SUP tour. No, but
0: would you stop watching the CT? No. Because I'm suggesting you watch that you wouldn't CT. watch the SUP tour anyway, but, right. but see, that's what I'm saying. They have such a good foundation with the yep. CT that they can pull off a SUP tour, knowing you and I don't really care about it. But there's going to be some that do, so they can run with it and still not lose you and I. Correct. So the question is... Any company
1: can only grow so fast and they only have so much resource to throw at each individual thing. So you have to pick your products. And what are your products? What are your core products? And then that might not be a product that would they would see enough return on. I think it's already fading.
0: I'm just using that as an example.
1: Foil, though, would be the next foil one. Foil,
0: maybe. But, I mean, we'll uh, but, see. So but, a lot but, of but, those but, things... But you're right. That's kind of like free surfing. Like, why not just highlight it through some other yeah. way rather than a competition you
1: don't need a tour for exactly. those things you exactly. can just show videos of kai lenny doing it yeah and then like i said maybe do a a series, a 10-part series that follows kai throughout the year yeah. or something like that and yeah.
0: yeah and you could have yeah i mean there's you and i could come up with a million cool little follow-ups to that like yeah. where did it all start whatever you know like there's a million different editorial components that we could we could sort of manifest to show that we're the experts in that space
1: well, another thing that I haven't seen anybody talk about, but the WSL just announced yesterday, is their fan favorite. Are you familiar with this? No,
0: I wanted to get into the VIP thing first. Yeah, but
1: we could do that too. The, the fan favorite, basically, they're creating a new category at the Surfer Awards at the end of the year. So, at the WSL Awards, I'm sorry, the say, WSL yeah. Awards. Did and the
0: Surfer Awards even exist anymore. What Are is they gone? that?
1: Is that the Surfer Magazine? Yeah, Surfer surf Paul. That still exists.
0: I know, but I mean, after Will last it? year's, Will do you think it? it's over? I don't know. Because this seems like a move into that space.
1: Well, the WSL has always done their own banquet. Yeah, I and know. so this is part of that. They're going to give away a fan favorite award. So you can go on the WSL. Noah <laughs> Dean! <laughs> <laughs> He's not on in the lineup. up! <laughs> He's actually not in the running. So you go on their website. First of all, I don't understand. They complicated. This structure of this fan favorite thing is so convoluted. Oh,
0: you would think right. it would just be. Make it easy.
1: Pick your favorite surfer, and the guy the guy and the girl with the most votes wins, right? right. This isn't that. This is like, log on. We're going to do round one of voting, and it's a bracket system. Kelly Slater versus Idolo Ferrer.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: Jeremy Flores versus Uh oh, ESPN Fabian. does that. Yeah, ex- that's exactly what it's based on. And so then you go through, and you pick your 16 Brackets and then log back in in three weeks from now and do round two of voting, you know? and I was thinking so I'll probably send you an email to remind you and you'll probably go oh yeah okay that's fine if it doesn't take either long. way that's too much friction in the system you know what I mean right. Right. like it should just be me logging on me typing the name of my favorite surfer and then you guys figure it out at, at that point right. I, I think that the idea behind this though is to create this kind of repetitive engagement like just constantly come to our website constantly think about these people constantly pick favorites and choose sides and all that sort of stuff so I get it I'm concerned that the amount of friction is actually a barrier of entry for most people
0: you and I are going to do it, you know? Yeah. But the other thing is... My team will be better than your. My team... My guy's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> good. Like, whatever. You're already what invested. What are you? are <laughs> already Audience. invested. But I, or I kind of want this to be a surf-off.
1: I would love to see the best two surfers, or the two fan-favorite surfers, have to surf a That's special heated pipe it. together at the end of the year. But this isn't that. This is just, like, the person wins an award at the end of the year. So I think that they... The WSL takes things that you and I, not you and I, but the internet discusses throughout the years and goes, you know, the best surfer in the world isn't the one who wins the world title necessarily. They go, okay, how do we tap into that? So then they create this fan favorite system, but it's not quite with the same DNA of what we're talking about. It's a version of what we've talked about, but what we're talking about is that Dane Reynolds could be the best surfer in the world. He's not even on tour or Noah Dean or Craig Anderson. They They don't give us that option. It's not in the option. Yeah. And those guys are allowed to compete on the Airborne Tour, of course. But is no Dean in the Airborne Tour? I don't remember. I think he might be. Yag- I, re- I know Yago Dora won the France one, um, so he's the defending champ. But and by the way, for the record, the Airborne Tour is going to take place three events, similar to the longboard thing. It's at the Gold Coast, Karamas, and Hossiger, and it'll run simultaneously with the. Uh, CT event. It'll run in the same window as the CT event. They'll just obviously get the more airworthy conditions, aka mm-hmm. the crappier conditions. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what did you want to talk about with the? Well, VIP I went. On, so I got the
0: VIP emailer. Like sign up and be a VIP. and get you know, whatever they said. You know, you should be a VIP or whatever. So I tried. I'm like, okay, what is this? You know, like I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go down the rabbit hole here and see what's going on. So I clicked on it, and it took me to another page, and I guess my main thing is I was I was trying to get to a place that explained what it was. And I never got an explanation of what it was. I was like and I just got to this thing where it's just like sign up for it. And I'm like, "Well, I would if I knew what it was, but it just says it's a VIP experience. What does that mean? Like what do I get? What you know like what is that?" Hmm. Now maybe it was user error on my part, but if they need to get me, like I'm I'm the guy they need to get and they couldn't get me, so you know I wonder if they. I'm, real, I'm out- a Mac guy. I seem to want to click on things. I wasn't. I'm not hierarch- uh, you know, hierarchically set up like a Windows I PC won- guy. I wonder if they sent out an
1: initial email that was just saying, "Like, are you interested in this? We'll send you the information later." Was
0: that what it was? I I don't know. It was like click here to find out more, and I clicked, and I was like, I just kept hoping to find out more, okay. and I. Well, maybe it was just so obvious to them that they overlooked them. Like I wanted to see bullet points that explains what the hell this thing was. That's what my problem was with the
1: fan favorite thing. It was so
0: convoluted. I'm like, wait, I are the these same experience?
1: Are these brackets that you're offering? Are these guys surfing against each other? Are we voting? And then what? If we're voting once, why do we come back and vote again? Um, they need a little QC on the end user maybe, experience. That's all. I'm maybe they need a little QC on the UI.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: or the UX. Um, so, I'll give you the shorthand. The VIP experiences, they run anywhere from twelve hundred dollars to twelve thousand dollars. So, like the Gold Coast one is twelve hundred bucks, and you get. Ba- Where did
0: you see this? See, that's that's all I, I found it
1: on their website.
0: Was it hard to find? No. maybe the email just sent me to the wrong place or something yeah but maybe
1: again maybe you went through the first iteration of it and i found it you know after okay so for 1200 bucks what do i get 1200 bucks at the gold coast you get um Access into the contest site and meals basically is what it is. It's like a VIP shaded area. It's what the ultimately what the competitors probably are getting, or the or right. the media is getting right. at the Gold Coast. You get into event. the
0: media tent. You
1: get into the media tent. There's meet and greets with the athletes. Meet and, and
0: greets. Can you talk with them? Can you yeah. can you sit there with them and their families while they're rooting them? Probably up?
1: not that. But right. they probably organize it a little bit yeah. to where you have like a limited amount of time.
0: So there is a firewall between the athletes. For and sure, you. there's
1: a firewall between the athletes' locker room. Yeah. And that area,
0: but they probably tell the athletes go
1: hang in the vip area for 20 or 30 minutes a day you know so
0: you think the vip area is separate from where their family is or where the media is i this would is, think so i don't think well, well I don't think in the past at surf ranch want, when would, we
1: went to surf ranch yeah it was all commingled. right i think the way that they're going which is like we're going to be the nfl of you know yeah. experience they can't do that right it those just gets families too crazy. or those families just yeah it they gets don't, too crazy they don't want to, to deal privacy. with like
0: guys like you and me going hey can i get an interview with you and tell me about exactly your experience changing Owen rights diaper when he was four <laughs> we botched it
1: at surf ranch <laughs> for everybody else <laughs> by doing that right
0: um so and then the twelve
1: thousand dollar and by the way the prices are set for the event itself. So it's not like there's a better VIP version at the Gold Coast and then a lesser version. Right. The VIP so experience at Gold Coast is 1200
0: bucks. So one if I, I don't do the VIP at Gold Coast, I just roll up to the beach and check it out. Yeah. So for 1200 bucks, I can just be right over there and get, the shade, l- and get lunch.
1: With the misters, get the lunch, access mm. the app, And be kind
0: of one of the cool guys. Yeah. You get to be the cool guy. Yep. Right.
1: It's like getting a booth at the Laker game.
0: Right. All
1: right. That's- and then the difference between that and the twelve thousand dollar one is basically venue so and accommodation so if you pay the tw- trip
0: effort too no
1: but if you go to if you do the vip experience in tahiti yeah. it's twelve thousand yeah. dollars but you have accommodation for the week is what it is basically Tahiti's a lot more expensive to yeah. go to than the gold coast yeah. so the wsl kind of just uh Handles, do they essentially limit the VIPs
0: in Tahiti? Because there's not yeah. too much yeah, I'm sure housing there. I'm sure they do. They would have to.
1: Hmm. Um, but look, I think <clears throat> this thing, it makes perfect sense. The WSL has to employ these things yes. to get to the level that they're really trying to get to yes. you have there are people oh, who are sure. going to be exposed to surfing in 2019 yeah who have a huge bank role, who are exactly. captains of industry and exactly. they're like hey surfing holy cow i've heard of kelly slater i've heard of these guys yeah let's go to tahiti and watch an event how fun would that be exactly. what how do we do it with no again friction exactly oh, let's just pay okay cool i'll buy that premium thing it's oh, yeah, so all in they're gonna in. take care of it for and us. i get to hang out with kelly like 12 grand Done. is
0: nothing 12 grand is like 120 yeah. bucks to me yeah yeah
1: yeah. And it's, we'll put it on the company card and boom. Yeah, we'll write it, it off. Yeah. You know what
0: it's going to be? It's going to be a BOD meeting.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think this is smart for the WSL. You and I see it as guys okay. who don't have the company card. Ah, and we go, what? and we go, that's absurd. For me. That's absurd. Like I could just watch surfing for free, but that's not who this is for. You this is it. for this brand new audience that we're I trying to engage. I, I, I'm, a, I'm all, I'm for, all it. for it. I'm all for do it too. It.
0: I'm not a hater.
1: I'm a lover. As a guy who's selling $500 dinner tickets, you're like, I get it. Let's do that,
0: dude. $500 for dinner with Wayne Lynch. It's a killer. First of all, how much would a three-course meal cost you from from that restaurant Ranch 45? normally? 150 bucks, or 100 bucks, let's say. With beer, are you, getting,
1: are you getting the wine pairing? Yeah, wine pairing jumps it up to 150,
0: 160. And then um, a <clears throat> shaped blank. That jumps it to 500. Well, I didn't even mention that you're eating dinner with Wayne Lynch. That jumps into a thousand. <laughs> I I figured five hundred is a fair price. Um, no, five. I'm not super trying to make any money here. I'm just trying to pull five it
1: off. five super fair. Yeah, but you need those experiences. That's the whole point. Is yeah. if Wayne Lynch is flying to town, dude, utilize it. Utilize yeah. the guy. Utilize the. The other thing is fans want this stuff. Fans want to engage in this way. So you have to prop up opportunities for them to engage. Yeah. Um, by the way, a couple of other thoughts on the WSL before we close out. Yeah. Um, back on tour. Leonardo Fioravanti. Yeah. Ricardo Christie. How come? Because they qualified. They requalified.
0: Leonardo, I'm stoked for, and Ricardo, I mean, I'm not not stoked for, but as an end user fan, I'm not convinced that. But look, you
1: know, need- I mean, this happens every year. We see these guys who sh- get I mean, back on tour and then fall off. There is and- too many people on tour, right? So I am going to read to you their quotes. The WSL did an interview with each of them, and the final question was, "What is your goal this year?" And I want you to hear what their goal is and Let then me tell me whether first. whether or not Let they're going to Yes, guess R- Ricardo's. Hold the mic up to Ricardo's.
0: Ricardo's goal is to have fun, to uh, do well in a few events, and make the top twenty will he
1: achieve the goal based on his stated goal no agreed
0: agreed your goal
1: should be i'm going to come in and stomp gabriel medina's throat and take a world title that should be your only goal if you're going on to tour and then secretly in the back of your mind you go okay if i do a top five finish That'll be a step in the right direction. But you can't come in. Ricardo's answer is I mostly have personal goals. I want to be surfing the best I can and enjoying myself along the way. That's really my goal. Hopefully, <laughs> that. hopefully things fall into place from there. Oh my God. No! Things <laughs> don't fall into place. In Gabriel place. Medina is looking at 10 world titles. Gabriel Medina's goal is 10 world titles. No, it's 15 world titles. He will step on Ricardo Christie's throat. Absolutely. Like Gorilla gorilla stomp it. Like, honestly, Gabriel Medina, for the record, everybody within the sound of my voice, Gabriel Medina's goal is 15 world titles. So when he goes into a heat round one at Snapper, he's not even thinking about that heat. He's thinking at the 15-year-old goal, and you're just like this lily pad that he's just going to leap over and drowned along the way. Like that is the tenacity that you have to have.
0: Plus, if you would, if you're Ricardo Christie, what do you got to lose to go? I'm going to step on Philippe Toledo's and Gabriel Medina's throat. Nothing. You have zero. Nothing to you lose. You gain everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, you get tons of media attention. Everyone's like, "Oh, did you hear what he said?" Blah blah yeah. blah. Let's say worst case scenario, you do get throttled and you lose. And so what? You were expected to anyway. Yeah. You need to go out there and just be like waving the flag like a kardashian like look at, me, look at me look at me look at me give me attention ricardo listen get butt implants get a f- camera crew following <laughs> no. you around get a makeup line okay but, w- wait a minute tell me again what was his first line he most his goals are mostly aren't, goals. aren't all the goals personal Yet world title
1: should be the most personal goal you have. I mean, any goal you have for yourself is a personal goal. Absolutely, That's absolutely. Sounds like something I would say. But the worst thing is the final line, which is hopefully things fall into place from there. No, dude, not no, hopefully. No, not hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, like, things
0: uh, things will fall into place from there. Believe me. Exactly. It might not be the way you <laughs> want. Fall to into
1: fall. Gabriel Medina's uh, power So, here's the reality: is you guys are all on the ter- top. Uh, 32 you're all phenomenal surfers there's no question about that the only difference between one and two or the top ten and everybody else is imposing your will on your opponent and the only way that you're Im- able to impose your will is to set intention immediately and your intention is to win a world title ricardo um, christie that's needs
0: a, co- a mental coach
1: agreed so leonardo on the other hand a little more promising
0: let me guess what his is ready? I don't know. I'm going to guess what he said. Yeah. My goals this year are to uh, take the knowledge that I learned from two years ago and break into the top ten and win an event.
1: Do you have him on speed dial? Are no. you his coach?
0: No. Does That's that exactly it? what he talks You're about. You're kidding.
1: No, he says, I have some big goals. Top ten for sure. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. He said, there's some locations I know where I can win, where I feel really comfortable, like Tahiti. And then... It's just being consistent. Kanoa is an incredible surfer. It's great to see his top 10 finish gives me a lot of confidence that I could do well. Being consistent is a big thing. And capitalizing at locations, I'm most comfortable in like Chopu. I really want Chopu to Chopu to be 10 foot and maxing. That would be my dream. So those are very specific things where he's clearly been working with a coach. And they go, hey, here's your strengths. Play into that. And where your weaknesses are, let's focus on consistency. Like that's a very direct goal you
0: know you know what would be cool and they may be doing this is the NFL does this thing where in the preseason they do a show on, I think it's on Showtime or HBO and it's about one specific team and they go at training camp and they just yeah. follow the team right? Yep. I forget what the show's called something about training but it's a cool it's, it's so good yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be cool if the WSL followed Kanoa and and Leo because Kanoa's established and Leo's like the guy that he should be established. He was expected to be established, but he's not established. And to just kind of follow their life on tour very intimately yeah, would be a pretty cool thing. Those things, first of all, everybody
1: missed it. But last season, they did a series called All In. Yeah. Did you ever watch it? No. It was 15-minute documentaries, exactly what you're talking about. The problem... And it was really well done, by the way. Like... No, don't shake your head. It wasn't
0: well done because I didn't watch it. Like they, then, it, how do you even know it wasn't? No, well that's done? my because they didn't catch. They didn't <laughs> hook me. They got to hook me. Because they got to hook you, me. Have you ever seen dude, the movie? Are you kidding? Did you see the movie? They put it out there. You didn't watch. Did because they didn't
1: hook me. They didn't hook you with their marketing. That, that's what I'm saying. It if wasn't if well done. Marketing is part of it. I'm telling you, the production of the thing. It's. I'm not doubting that. I'm just well saying done.
0: it wasn't well done because I didn't watch it. Listen, you're to not seeing the big picture here. Did you see I'm the, not seeing the big document? Picture. Did you see yeah. Did you see the documentary? In fact, you might have told me about this.
1: It was years ago. Baker. Now. Oh yeah. I've told you about that.
0: Okay. Do you remember the first scene? Yeah. What happened?
1: He hits the cameraman in the face with and a- Bloodies him. Yeah. The
0: very first scene you see is Ginger Baker attacking the guy. The Guess what? Hooked. I'm watching it. Yeah. My point is. The WSL needs to get Ginger Baker smashing some guy with a cane. They need to hook you so that I'll be, I will I want to see it. So they need conflict, and they need to put it in my face. They need to send it out there around social media. Intense conflict right away. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm watching All In. Instead of some soft, flowery thing, hey, follow Stephanie Gilmore as she yeah. goes to a signing autograph. <laughs> <laughs> gives a shit? Hey, your point is well made.
1: We're not arguing against hey. each other. I agree with you. That's not... What you had said earlier is they need to follow people around on tour, and I'm telling you, they did that last year. I know, and you I said didn't they didn't it. do a good job. They did a great job. No, but you just didn't watch it, and because the they didn't hook. So the marketing, me. you're right. They failed on the marketing part of doing a good job, of course. So they failed on the marketing.
0: I'm right. You're wrong. Go ahead and say it. All right.
1: No, I'm not going to say that. But my point is, they're giving you what you want, and I think there's more plans. And I've actually talked to people. There are more plans in place this year to, to continue doing those things. Part of the problem was that they released it so much later than it happened in real time so by the time that the um piece comes out about julian wilson struggling to win that event in france we're already at pipeline and we know that julian wilson won the event in france so all of the post-production just took three months to do and that's really not that's going to conflict with conflict with i'm having a hard time talking because scott's filming me right now um were you listening to anything I said while you yeah. were coming? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Everything. Yeah.
1: Good. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> your,
0: your engagement. My favorite thing is when
1: I'm making a point and then you pull a, a book off the library shelves and start reading. <laughs> so it's like I am now just talking to the nothingness or to i I'm envisioning no, viewers wrapped no. attention because uh, yeah. I know that you're not engaged. I'm fully All right, engaged. cool. Well, that was fine. At least we'll have That's, a video. It's going to
0: be good to see how they do. But you agree with me that... They, that they would be wise to hook the viewer with more engaging instant marketing right off the bat i want conflict duh do you okay? here's where
1: i agree with you is that the wsl shies away from conflict and that's a bad idea so when tanner hendrickson fights emrod they need to be discussing that they need to be publishing that all that footage they should lock that down that should be an exclusive yes and then they should be using that and they should be prompting the um, commentators to talk about it the next day in the booth when Mike Rodriguez piles out for his heat.
0: exactly, And they
1: should get an interview with Tanner.
0: An interview with locals on the beach, whether they're pro. Yeah. Do you remember, you might not remember, I bet you do, though, um, a long time ago, I don't know, maybe 2002, Mick Campbell and Andy Irons got in a fight at the shower. I think it was in Japan. Yep. It was at a Japan event. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yep. Like, if you took that clip, that clip went viral. Everyone was talking about that.
1: And you can't find it now. It's been buried.
0: Somebody so, needs to find but it.
1: But last year, let's use a more relevant... Yeah. Not to shame you. Uh, what? Jesse Mendez and Mikey
0: Wright. Yes.
1: Remember that? Yes. It was in a free free surf session at North Point. Right. Um, Jesse back-paddled... In the parking lot. Yeah, but Jesse had right. gotten a bomb. He back-paddled Mikey on the very next set wave, when he was paddling out, Mikey's sitting there for 45 minutes with positioning, and Jesse back paddles him, and so Mikey just burns him, basically. And then they end up in the parking lot afterwards, and Jesse's confronting Mikey and, like, yeah. basically pushing Mikey. And Mikey didn't throw a punch, and Mikey didn't he didn't back down, but he also didn't, like, yeah. take the bait and fight him. Yeah. And I forget what the retribution was from the WSL. I don't think there was any, actually. But... It was great it was great fodder it was great we talked about it uh jake posted the video snake posted the video and then i I happened to pilfer it before he deleted it and so then he deleted it and then i reposted it because he was like and jake even posted a statement afterwards he was like
0: you know, guys are I, yeah, everyone loves feel, each other, blah, goes, Look, blah, blah. I feel
1: bad for um, promoting, like, the negativity or whatever. Like, it's all good. They squashed it. I posted it after they squashed it, which only, like, ignited, reignited the controversy and the flame. I shouldn't have done that. And my thought is, that's fine, and that's a personal decision. I can't fault you for it. But the WSL needs to take that. All of Surf Media needs to take that. And then actually discuss it because by the way it only elevates each of those guys profiles they're both sponsored by the same company who probably was like "Eh, conflict stay away from conflict no 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 no. the conflict is good the conflict none of us guys thicken your skin none of us hate either of you for doing it we love having something to discuss sensationalizing it and all the hyperbole is good for selling board shorts it's good for selling those guys brands i'm now going to watch the next heat that they surf in so it's good for the wsl like Quit shying away from conflict. It's all
0: conflict. We want the conflict. Yeah. We ginger baker with a stick. Done.
1: Yeah. Got it. That's that should Boom. be the opening of the next show. I'm glad Tomorrow. you finally
0: agreed with me. I finally do. Here, <laughs> came I'll around. i to you. If you need that
1: validation, Scott, you got it. <laughs> no, no. But the opening of food. the morning of the dawn patrol the next day yes. should be that video. Right. I agree. It really should. Totally. Totally. Completely. ELO.
0: Listen. Yes. Well, I think ELO gets it. Others need to get it. Yeah. What do you got? You got Duke and Coop? No. I don't. Um, Let's give a quick thanks to,
1: again, NeatEssentials.com and then SpyOptic.com. Promo code PODCAST.
0: Absolutely. Support
1: this show by supporting them. We love Um, Neat
0: Essentials and we love SpyOptic.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. They're keeping us in business. Happy Lenses. So, my Duke actually goes to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center. Yes. Not only for hosting us, but also for reissuing the Follow the Light Foundation. This thing kind of went away with Surfing Magazine. It was... um, Larry Office. Moore. It was Larry Moore's thing. Obviously, it was a great initiative.
0: Oh, Did, so Larry Moore passed away. He was the surfing flame, flame the surfing magazine photo editor forever beloved, just highly a,
1: influential, totally
0: influential. Yeah. And so when he passed, his wife created this foundation called Follow the Light, which there was a thing called Flame Light, which was this like front front lit. Salt Creek, flame, shot at Salt Creek every morning at dawn, and shooting kind of this,
1: what almost looked like a photo studio lighting. It was as if you could get artificial lighting out in the water. That's the lighting that Salt Creek gets in the mornings. So he would go and shoot water, well, he would shoot photos um, and get that front-lit thing, and that ended up becoming kind of the standard. Like, no longer were you allowed to run photos that had... Not tack sharp focus with mediocre lighting. Like you had to live to flame. There was standings. numerous
0: surfing magazine covers with at that spot with that light from Chris Billy to Kevin Billy to Pat Mike O'Connor. Carson's to Paddock. like you name it. Like the whole everyone in Orange County was calling Flame and going, "Should I meet you at Salt Creek?" No, the waves are better at Trestles. I want to surf Trestles. No, 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 no. We're Go gonna get, get a shot with gravels you. and surf closeouts,
1: and we're gonna get a f- cover shot. Exactly. So that really set a standard that transitioned photography like surf photography as a whole across the world so that follow the light thing um is a great foundation but it kind of went it just kind of slowly faded away with surfing magazine fading away you know yeah so the surfing heritage and culture center is actually taking that and picking up where it left off they're not rebranding they're honoring the tradition that surfing magazine set up and that the flame family set up the Moore family set up and they're hosting a global competition that's open to anyone under the age of 25, photography competition. The winner will receive a minimum of $5,000. They'll be selected from a pool of five finalists who will each receive a minimum of $1,000 to help cover their costs to come to the award ceremony in Laguna Beach. Entries will be accepted starting March 19th, which is in about two weeks from today. The submission deadline is a month later, uh, April... 26th and the ceremony will be held in september at monarch beach resort in dana point not laguna beach
0: and she's going to have or don's da- going to have the um a slideshow follow the light slideshow at the boardroom show party friday night oh perfect and it might be some of these entries i don't know so
1: we'll post a link on SpitPodcast.com for where to submit your um entries when they're available on march 19th and it has all of the criteria that you want to kind of adhere to and there's some photographer. legendary photographers oh my chris gosh.
0: burkhart is the one that comes to mind i think he was the first follow the light winner.
1: burkhart morgan Mawson, oh yeah Martin. um uh todd glazer
0: oh todd too huh
1: yeah todd the uh all of editor, these guys
0: have gone on to be
1: editor photo editor at uh, surfer's journal Sean Parkin. Oh, Sean, yeah, great. Everybody. Oh, cool. It's like you have to go through this almost. Yeah,
0: it's, it is kind of a, if you, it's a prestigious award, for so, sure.
1: And it's sad to see it have gone away. Like, And by the way, the surf industry, like, photography, it's really an, a nebulous way to make a living nowadays. Like, you kind of have to make a living outside the surf industry and then just work in the surf industry. That's what Burkhardt does and everybody else, Morgan, does. Um, so this is a great way to kind of revitalize and restoke the flame, pun intended. And uh, so, Dukes. Thanks to Serving Heritage, my kook is very obvious, and I think Scott would agree. Equinor. Equinor. Oh, Equinor, the North, the oh, Norway, yeah, right. the Norway right. yes. oil company, who's looking at doing drilling in the Great Australian Bight. Yes, you've probably seen this story all over the place. Yes, the Great Australian Bight is just the bay at the s- on the south of Australia, and um, there is almost certainly oil under there almost guaranteed so all these oil companies are vying to drill um bp and chevron have both been denied because they basically couldn't guarantee safety for their drilling and equinor now has a proposal on the table the problem is nobody can guarantee safety and that coastline is super rugged so you can build an oil rig there but you can't guarantee that it's not going to fail. And they don't even, nobody's ever done it really in that rugged of a coastline. So there's a real big gamble of if this thing, if this gets knocked down by the rugged kind of inclement weather in their reports in Equino's own proposal, they say if there is a mishap with the deep water oil drilling, um, the dead zone would spill from Western Australia all the way to Sydney and it would take up to 160 days for us to cap the oil. Like it'll be spilling for up to 160 days before we can even cap it. And that's our own proposal. That's saying what we know our technology is capable of and our limitations are, we will not be able to cap this thing for an extended period of time and the dead zone would spill this vast, vast, vast region, which not only would ruin the surf spots, but it would ruin, obviously, wildlife that would have worldwide implications. So the truth is we do use oil. It's a fossil fuel and there's plenty of other promise for alternative renewable energy sources so we should be focusing on that oh. If this has any risk at all of going wrong, we should not risk it and we have a link on spitpodcast.com to NOSIMA which is the National Offshore Petroleum Safety and Environmental Management Authority where you can sign the petition, send your notes and just get the thing stopped before it goes up for review with the government
0: Go solar! kooks. It's kind of ridiculous that the whole world's not solar, but there's just well, it's so what many is possible. Huge, yeah. huge, huge oil companies are investing, and you know, my four hundred one k, your four hundred one k, it's all interwoven into a wicked, evil web.
1: But we can slowly shift away from that, and we these can. are the moments where you shift away from
0: it. Shifting now.
1: Yeah. Until next time, Scott.
0: Adios and aloha.
2: Did you hear the distant cry I say